Man, Razorback basketball got me so excited that if my nipples were any harder, my clothes would explode. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I am your host, John Neighbors. I am also the host of Out of Bounds. You can catch every weekday afternoon from 1 to 4 on 103.7 The Buzz and 103.7thebuzz.com. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. Hope everybody's having a wonderful, wonderful Wednesday. Midway point of the week, and these are my favorite types of podcasts to do because we get to talk about a major win for the Razorback basketball team. Holy goodness. 97 to 65, the Razorbacks absolutely destroy the Georgia Bulldogs. Not even close. And it's kind of crazy to think that in the past three times that Arkansas has played Georgia, I get this, this is a crazy stat. The last three times that Georgia and Arkansas have faced off against each other, Arkansas has scored 99, 99, 97 points respectively. Something about the Georgia Bulldogs that just brings out the offense in Arkansas for whatever reason, and I'm here for it. I am fine with it. Let's see it more and more and more. Uh, I'm a huge fan of that. And so I'm not going to sit here. Let me preface this. I'm not going to sit here and try to act like that this is some sort of win that just changes everything because of you just beat this insanely good team, or even in the past two games, you've played some great teams and you just obliterated them and That's where the excitement needs to come from. I'm not going to take that approach. And I'm not going to try to pretend that Florida and Georgia are great teams. They're borderline NIT teams. But at the same time, they're SEC teams. They are SEC teams. They're SEC teams that have had some good wins this year. And I'm going to take any win. But when you talk about destruction, absolute destruction in back-to-back games, I don't care if it's at home. I don't care against which SEC opponent it is. That's big time. In fact, according to Hog Stats, great stat here, it's tied for the second largest margin of victory in back-to-back games in SEC history for Arkansas. Number one was back in 1993. But Arkansas, combining the points from Florida and Georgia and the margin of victory that Arkansas was able to win by, 51 points. And it was really just the most complete, perfect game that you could play. Now, I'm not going to say it is perfect as far as there were no problems, but... I, I just I, I can't believe some of these stats and some of these numbers, and we'll get into some of the individual performances there as well. But before we do that, before we do that, this is the stat that I want to throw out that forget all the other stats, forget all the other numbers, forget all the individual performances. This stat is the one that gets me a little hot and bothered. 26 assists, five turnovers. 26 assists. Five turnovers. That's a better than five to one assist turnover ratio. That's incredible. Eric Musselman even said in his press conference after the game that uh, it was the most passes that he's ever had from a team because he likes to chart those passes. And they had 260 some odd passes in this game, which most times in most games, they never get even close to getting over 250. So just team, 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 team was what this game was all about. And from beginning to end, offensively, defensively, that's that's really what just made the game-changing uh, performances out of this. And we got to start with, of course, the dude, Nick Smith Jr., coming back and getting another great game in front of him. He started once again, 
And man, did he not disappoint. He gets 26 points, 9 of 14 from the field, 5 of 8 from three-point land, goes 3 of 4 from the free throw line, gets two assists, a rebound, and uh, and that's just in 29 minutes of play. His defense was really good, too. Just It's just that dude. I mean, he is that dude. And those of you who were commenting on the YouTube page and in the comment section that were saying, oh, we don't need Nick Smith, or oh, this is going to mess up the team's chemistry, all that stuff, I want to know where you're at now. Where are you at now? What, what, what's the problem now? Because not only did Nick Smith not negatively impact the chemistry, not only did he not do anything to the chemistry, he has helped the chemistry. 26 assists. 26. Think that's a chemistry problem? I think it's quite the opposite. But he is the X factor. He's going to be the reason why this team makes a completely and totally different Element in a completely and totally different mindset when it gets into postseason play. He's that guy. He changes everything. He changes the offense. He changes the way that teams are going to guard and defend against Arkansas. He changes it all. So great to see him continue to get better and to get to see him getting hyped. And, you know, they're just scary right now. Arkansas is scary. Ricky Council had another great game, back-to-back great games at him. He goes 3 of 6 from three-point land, 9 of 16 from the field. He gets 22 points. Also adds in three rebounds. Four assists, uh, a block shot, and two steals. So Ricky also had an incredible game, one of his better performances there as well. And then after that, you d- really didn't have uh, much, uh, many guys in double digits besides Anthony Black, which, man, I just love Anthony Black. I'm going to miss him probably more than anybody when after he leaves this year just because he just does it all. He just does it all. Guy gets 10 points, eight assists, four rebounds, two steals, zero turnovers. Like, I mean, I just, that guy is just so good and he's so good defensively and he's so good at just doing all the things that uh, can help out the teams too. He was awesome. Jordan Walsh, nine points, seven rebounds for him, two steals. He had a really nice game. I uh, got to see some other players get into the mix there too. Devo didn't score a lot. He had four points, two of two, but that's what we want to see out of Devo. That's what I want to see. He had three assists, two turnovers and a rebound, but uh, that's, that's the type of game that Devo needs to play is just being that staunch defender. You had uh, Makai Mitchell get seven points, five rebounds out of him, also with four assists. Don't see many big guys getting four assists, but had two block, sh- uh, block shot. And Jalen Graham still, to me, is such a guy that, uh, you know, he had 26 points, I guess, last game and followed it up with only eight points in this game. But he goes three of four from the field, uh, two of five from free throw land. But he gets five rebounds, two assists, two block shots. I, I, I think I said it earlier on the podcast or at least earlier in the week on the podcast, maybe when we we're talking about Jalen Graham, but to me it's Nick Smith and Jalen Graham are going to be the guys that I feel like are just, cause you have a guy on Nick Smith that can shoot it and do anything like he is offensively. It goes, the dude can do anything he can shoot from anywhere on the court. Any shot that he takes, I'm fine with hundred percent. I want him to take all the shots. Cause I know that when it comes to percentages wise, he has without a doubt the best shot the best shot selection, creating his own shot. He's the dude. And then Jalen Graham, when you have a guy like him on the inside, there's not many guys that can stop him. He has so many different post moves, whether it's a hook shot, whether it's an up and under, whether it's going over the guy, over the top of guy, whether it's getting fouled, whether it's dunking. He is incredible at his offensive prowess down low. But the thing that why he hasn't been playing as much has always been because of his defense and rebounding. He hasn't done that to the level that Musk needs him to do it at. So they never really gave him as many opportunities because of that fact. 
Well, now he's starting to play better defense. Now he's starting to rebound. Now he's starting to do those other things. And that's why he's getting rewarded with playing a lot more minutes. He played 18 minutes in this game. And those are the things that just really excite me about this team is in, man, if you got Nick Smith and Jalen Graham pulling the offense and getting it going in a way uh, that, uh, you know, we haven't seen before. And then the other pieces around start opening up, whether it's Ricky Council, whether it's Anthony Black, Devo Davis, Jordan Walsh, whoever it is. Like, that's the problem. That's what's been plaguing this offense or plaguing this team really all season long when it comes to their losses is their offense. Their offense has not been consistent enough. Well, now they're starting to hit their stride. Now they're starting to figure it out. And we know the defense is good for Arkansas. Is it as good as last year? I mean, I don't know. That's really tough to say. But the offense for sure has taken a next step and has gotten to another level. And if Arkansas can continue on to be an offense that can be effective, can be efficient, can get in scoring in the 70s every single game and upper 70s especially, uh, there's no reason that this team can't really, really do some damage and continue on, especially in these final few games in the conference slate, which we'll talk about uh, here in just a little bit. But uh, yeah, this is this is wild. This is wild to see that type of game and that type of performance last night. Everybody got in off the bench. You had uh, Joseph Pinion come in and hit two threes, which was awesome. Uh, you had uh, you know Darian Ford get in a little bit. Even had the walk-ons get a little bit, which I want to give a shout out to Lawson Blake, uh, one of the walk-ons, because he, like he, he doesn't, he hasn't scored. He was the only player that hadn't scored on the team, and uh, he got thrown down by one of the Georgia players, and he was looking up to come up and fight. I was like, man, come on, like it's the walk-on, let him have his moment. But don't worry, Lawson Blake had an awesome moment last night where he got an and one opportunity, and this video not only shows the and one, but also the reaction from the bench, which is just awesome. I mean, how do you not love that? How do you not love that? That's just a, an awesome moment there, too. And now Arkansas has to turn the page, though, because they have Alabama coming up on the road, which we know how good Alabama has been. And, uh, you know, they got they're one of the best teams in the country for sure. And this is a tough road test where, you know, it's a tough environment to win in and everything. But here's here's the thing, though, that we, let's just address the elephant in the room before we uh, get into the next segment, because I got a little bone to pick with ESPN. Um this deal with Brandon Miller, and for those of you who haven't heard about it or read about it or anything, just look it up and, and look at the report from AL.com and discussing his role in the issue that with Darius Miles that happened earlier this season uh, where he was involved in the murder of a woman. And, uh, you know, he's been charged with that. And then the police report comes out that not only was Brandon Miller involved in it, but he's the one that brought the firearm to Darius Miles and to uh, the group that was going to uh, commit this heinous crime. Uh, he's the one that brought the gun. He's the one that talked about the, you know, there's one in the chamber. There's one ready to go. There's a bullet in there. Uh, and the, this is all according to the police reports. Uh, he's the one that drove over there. He's uh, reportedly one of the ones that uh, was in the vehicle or in the vehicle that was blocking the exits to try to make this all happen. And we saw from yesterday, Nate Oates, the head coach of Alabama, have one of the absolute worst statements when it came to talking about this and talking about the situation where essentially he just comes out and says, oh, you know, uh, he, he was just in the wrong place at the wrong time. So he said about Brandon Miller, this wrong place, wrong time. I'm like, dude, you, you, your guy, your dude brought a firearm to another guy, loaded firearm. 
I doubt he was going to the shooting range. I doubt he was going to a Bible study with it. He brought it to him knowingly. And then according to the report, was also involved in blocking the uh, exits, blocking with his vehicle. Like, you cannot sit there and tell me wrong place, wrong time. Wrong place, wrong time is you walking your dog, being an innocent bystander, and a murder takes place. The dude gets away with it. And then since you're the only one there at the time, the police and everybody suspect you as being the murderer because you're the only one there on the scene. That's wrong place, wrong time. Bringing a firearm to another individual who I, I don't care what anybody says. Brandon Miller had to have known something. He was going to use it. You don't bring it to him. for. And like, I know that there was a claim of self-defense on the strip in Tuscaloosa. Well, sorority girl is going to come after you. Come on now. Come on now. Like that's this. This isn't and this isn't even just a a thing with, you know, like because I think that there are always elements and more times to the story. But these are the facts. Like these are the police reports that came out. So my thing is, is I'm like, how do you justify this individual playing? How does Brandon Miller play tonight? Which they have a game tonight. You can't play him. I think Nate Oates should be. I don't know if he should be suspended, but something needs to happen to him. Something needs to happen to Brandon Miller. Something needs to be. Something needs to really come down because this is a bad deal. We're not talking about something, and I'm not trying to make light of anything, but we're not even talking about like a drunk driving or a drug charge or, you know, even there's been some, uh, you know, domestic disputes or assaults or anything like that, which are all bad and should never happen. But this is next level when you're talking about an, one person murdering a woman, murdering her. This is this is next level serious stuff. Wrong place, wrong time. I think you were in the wrong place in the wrong time at that situation when you said what you said, Nate. But the point is, not there's things that are more serious than basketball with that situation. But my point is, is that with Arkansas playing Alabama this weekend, we don't know what it's going to look like. We don't know who's going to be playing. We don't know. So that should be a thing to really look out for and see what happens with Alabama. But what a crazy situation and what a horrible thing that's going on there in Alabama in a horrible way that Nate Oates is handling it. Just absolutely disgraceful. Uh, we'll talk a little bit, though, about some other beef that I have when it comes to the basketball game last night. But, hey, we're at the midway point of the NBA season, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, super easy to use, and they, then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and to threes drain. does not matter. It includes spreads, money lines, total player points, rebounds, assist when it comes to those plot prop bets and even more exclusive bets where you can do like the two by three, two, three points uh, scored in the first three minutes, you know, random little props like that it makes it really fun. And just, of course, you have same game parlays that can also be involved there, too. And that's really where the bigger payout is. That's really the one I always like to go to because I like to do the bare minimum amount of betting, but then have the biggest payout it makes it a lot more fun, and a lot more interesting. But don't miss your chance right now. To get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to fanduel.com slash locked on. That's fanduel.com slash locked on to earn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. 
Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. You are Locked On Razorbacks. Your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, continuing on with the Locked On Razorbacks podcast, uh, I have a beef to uh, to talk about with ESPN last night, which a lot of you who were watching the game last night or attempting to watch the game last night uh, had a similar issue to what I did, to what many of us did, about the game supposed to be starting at a certain time. It was supposed to be an 8 p.m. tip. And because of Missouri and Mississippi State running long and going to overtime, Arkansas's game was delayed. Now, normally this would not be an issue as much or at least as much of an issue because they always come out and they say, all right, well, uh, the game's going to be over here on this channel until it comes over here, uh, which I don't mind as much. Like if they change it over to ESPNU instead of ESPN2 or if it's, you know, whatever, I don't mind that. I have no problem with that because it's pretty easy to do. But then when it gets to the point, well, okay, the game's, this game's going long. Your game has started. Um, okay, well, you can watch it on the app. You can watch it streaming. I'm like, no, no, you need to have it on TV somewhere because I've like going through the app and everything is just another chore where you go through it and then you have to come back. It's like, not that it's a lot of work, but it's still something that's pretty annoying and pretty uh, stupid to deal with. But when they do that, like they did last night, and then not even have the Razorback game on the app anywhere to be found, it was missing completely and we're not talking about for just a couple of minutes we're talking about a good good chunk of the first half nobody saw unless you were there in Budwall arena nobody saw it now luckily i was listening to 1037 the buzz here in my house to be able to keep up with it that way but that is disgraceful that is absurd and i know that i don't there's a lot of things i don't know about the television industry when it comes to streaming and, and playing things and all of that but the shame on ESPN and everybody involved for trying to do these things of like, okay, go to the stream, go to the app, and it's not there. You can't drop the ball like that. You're going to lose trust of people. You cannot do that. And it's a bigger problem anyways where you start a game at 6 and you start a game at 8. Almost always, if you have that 8 o'clock game, it's not going to get started on time on TV. Almost never because those games run long. Is it as simple as maybe extending the game saying like, okay, we're going to start games at 5.30? And then go to eight and then go from eight to 1030. Like, is it something like that? Maybe. I don't know. But I get so sick and tired of this happening in sports all the time, but especially in college basketball. It, it just changes everything. And it makes it so annoying and so frustrating last night where you're, you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. You're supposed to be tuning in and watching the game. But because of dumb issues or for whatever reason, somebody dropped the ball. Somebody forgot to turn on the switch for the stream. It's suddenly like you can't watch it. I hate that. I hate that so much. It is so annoying and so frustrating. And if you're going to do that, if you're going to have games like that and you're going to switch it over to the app, you better dadgum well make sure that you got it going. Because here's the thing. It's not like it's a new deal. Like, oh, man, goodness, holy crap. What do we do? The game's going long. It happens every single week. 
with ESPN or with SEC Network or whoever. It happens every single week. So you cannot sit there and tell me that you don't know what to do. You weren't ready for it. Like somebody dropped the ball and it's completely, totally unacceptable. And I don't know what should be done. I don't know what, like if anything will change because probably not because, you know, they just own everything. But that's terrible. That's terrible. Should never happen. Should never happen. And I, I mean, I, again, I'm a, I'm a person who I like, I like listening to the radio broadcast. I like listening to, you know, I don't like the delays at least on streams and everything like that. So I enjoyed having it the way we have it now, but dude, I was so mad last night. It was so dumb and I hope it never happens again, but it will, but they got to fix it. They got to figure that out because I'm sick and tired of having to deal with all that stuff. So anyways, that's my rant for that. We'll close up shop and talk a little baseball on the other side of the break here on the locked on Razorbacks podcast. Stay with us. You are locked on Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Okay, so final segment of the Locked On Razorbacks podcast, uh, baseball team had their home opener on a Tuesday, which was so weird, uh, especially since it was earlier in the day at three o'clock. Not something that uh, you see very often, but it did happen. And Arkansas was playing grambling and barely squeaked by barely squeaked by uh, I'm not going to sit here and try to say that it was some big time win but it is kind of amazing to see how tough it was for some of these teams to uh in the SEC especially yesterday who struggled uh, I think uh, Vanderbilt lost to UCA that was a big win for them I think Mississippi State got smoked uh I think also Texas A&M lost to Lamar so just a bad day for some of these SEC teams but luckily Arkansas was able to uh come through in the clutch as uh, they were down big, and Grambling was doing a great job of hitting, especially early and going in the game. Uh, Will McIntyre struggled a little bit there. I know that, uh, you know, when he got in, he, it was it's pretty tough on him. And also, I'm trying to think of, uh, yeah, it's Bybee. He's the one that started. Bybee had start went two innings pitch, two hits, two runs, and Zach Morris also came in. He was the one that struggled a lot. Five hits, four runs, uh, all earned on him. And then McIntyre comes in, gets four hits and one run scored on him. So it was just those three guys that really uh, struggled there in the beginning. But then Frank and Tiger came in and did a really good job of uh, holding to Grambling because uh, Grambling, did, they scored in every inning. In the first five innings, they scored in every inning but one, and that was uh, the second inning. But then sixth, seventh, eighth, and ninth, they were all held scoreless, and that's when Arkansas's bats got going a little bit more where they scored two runs, one run, one run, two runs, ended up winning nine to seven. So uh, Grambling had 13 hits. Arkansas only had nine. Arkansas had two errors, too. Uh, they left six on base. So just wasn't a great performance, but it was an entertaining game, and Arkansas came back and won. And that's really the only thing that matters in the end is that they came back and that they won and that they took care of business. So hopefully that doesn't happen again. Uh, maybe a little hangover from uh, Globe Life Field. Maybe that was a big problem of it, too. But still, uh, got the win, and now they have a big series coming this weekend where they're going to continue to try to, to build and get the non-conference going, and we'll see how it plays out from there. But uh, nice little comeback win. But don't let that happen again, especially in the early part. Don't need that. Pitching needs confidence, and, and that's something that will hurt your confidence more than anything. Appreciate everybody listening in to Locked On Razorbacks podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or on Google Play. You can also get after me on Twitter at BuzzJohnNeighbors for any questions, comments, concerns that you may have. We'll keep it going from there. Same podcast time, same podcast channel tomorrow afternoon. Have a great day, everybody. We'll see you.